0: Welcome back, everybody, to Love, Life, and Legacy, the podcast dedicated to helping you navigate these hypersexualized times of ours. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking to Andy and Karen. By we, I mean me. I'm interviewing them. It was a great interview. I just finished it. I loved every second of it. It's so nice to see, to be a witness to Young Love. They're freshly blessed. They're completely in love with each other. But that's not the focus of this conversation. We could sit and watch Young Love all day, but it's not something we necessarily will learn from. What we can learn from is how they got to this point. And we are going to focus this conversation on one strategy that Andy used in particular, which was writing letters to his future spouse before he knew who it was, before he knew that Karen was going to be his bride for eternity. He was writing letters for some eventual spouse, and he actually ended up giving these letters to her on the day of their blessing, and there was a whole lot of meaning. But more than that, there's some very practical ways in which this practice of writing letters to your future self can be applied for yourself as a single person preparing for marriage, but also even within marriage. We uncovered some secrets on how this can be used when you're fighting with your spouse. So stick around, stay tuned. It's a really amazing interview. There's a lot of insights here. So let's get into it. Welcome back, everybody. So we have a really adorable couple here who are fresh out of the blessing oven and they (laughs) smell like they're new and fresh. I guess we'll get into that a little bit, how they met and all this. But we have one fella. They're still apart. They're still separated. So I'm sure, I'm sure they're just itching to get on a plane to see each other. But one is in Germany and his name is Andy. Welcome, Andy.
1: Hello. Thanks for having me.
0: <laughs> Who's been a huge part of High Noon for a long time and his now current spouse, Karen. Welcome, Karen. Thank oh, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and are you guys already calling each other my wife? My husband, are you guys saying these words?
1: We are, actually. (laughs) To get used to it.
0: Yeah, we have to get used to it. Yeah.
1: It's very new. Yeah.
0: it's It feels weird, right? In the beginning, it feels kind of like, am I allowed to say that?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's like that. Well, it was just our names and then fiancé and then joking with nicknames. And then all of a sudden, it's serious. And we're husband and wife.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Very cool. And so how... Why did you choose each other I guess? You know, there's a whole world filled with people and possibilities and somehow you narrowed it down to each other. And it's really cool. You're far apart geographically. Some people go for convenience, right? Like, ah, oh, I've known them for a long time and they're I can just walk to their house, but you guys chose a slightly more difficult route being transcontinental. So why
1: why why did you choose each other? Good question. Do you want to go?
2: Yeah. I kind of didn't want someone that I already knew of as well. I think like the world is so big. So I'm like, okay, there's like so many people to meet. And yeah, actually, I think when I first met Andy and we actually spoke, it was more, I don't think I realized at the time, but I think when I was talking with him, I realized, yeah, I wasn't even thinking about, you know, the blessing or like marriage or anything like that, but I could really tell something was. Different or something that's important to me as I was talking with him was like life of faith that our faith was really similar and I could share about my experiences with God or my spiritual experiences and I just felt like he understood without me having to explain myself more and I think that was something that really stood out to me personally where I felt like, I've never met this person before, but we're already connected. Like, it mm. felt really, we're on the same plane. And that was kind of, yeah, un- unusual to meet someone and just already feel we're on the same ground. Kind of.
0: I see. Yeah. So, the fact that he was so unusual is what, what stood out.
2: Yeah, basically.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Andy? Yeah, it's, uh, there's the short version and the longer version of our story, I think. But <laughs> I can try to. Okay. How about sound? the medium? But the <laughs> medium version. <laughs> well, yeah, I think when I remember when we, I met Karen first at an event in New Jersey, we had seen each other before, but not like talked at all with each other. And when we saw each other again and talked, I remember that I just had a really good feeling about her and it wasn't so much like oh these persons like sometimes you see people they look attractive or it's it doesn't feel so deep or you see people like that pretty often I feel like people who kind of you notice them but then when I talk with Karen I just I I had a really good a really good feeling like I've met her before or known her before yeah that's something that just stood out to me and I, I remember that after our conversation, it was it was two short conversations we had um, at that time. I was thinking, oh, should I like advance kind of with this, or should I try to talk with my parents with this because my parents were involved in in me finding a future spouse. And um, mm-hmm. at that time, we didn't do anything actually, and it took a while longer to start the process and start talking. But uh, that's what I remembered: meeting her first. And so you both
0: experienced some level of familiarity right out of the gate, which
1: mm-hmm. helped.
0: Yeah, that's a much more grounded way of kind of judging whether somebody's a suitable candidate is not just based on. And there's like, I guess, levels of feelings, right? And there's like the, I kind of like this person because they walk cool or they have a cool jacket. That's like, you know, elementary school. And then, but you went to, you know, there's something about this person. There's some something special about this person, which is cool because we're meant to trust our instincts, but we don't really speak the language of our instincts most often. We doubt Mm -hmm. them. So I think that's the cool part too, is that you, did you both contact your parents about each other? Or Andy, you you mentioned, should I talk to my parents? And so did you, I'm guessing you did. And then Karen, did you talk to your parents or did he talk to his parents and then his parents, how did that work?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I did tell my parents, or at least my mom, but it wasn't really like a, let's move forward with it kind of thing. I was like, oh, I met someone really nice. And, did but that, I had like- Did
0: her alarm, her mom alarm go off? <laughs> like, what is this nice? <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I wasn't really like serious about it. Cause I didn't want to scare my mom too much. Like this is, you know, for real or, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was just like a, this was a really nice person, but I had like a matching advisor like a supporter, and I told that person, basically. um, More, yeah.
0: So after that Mm -hmm. one encounter in New Jersey, that's when you both met, right? And so you went back and told your matching advisor, and then Andy, did you tell your parents right after that?
1: No, actually, not at that time. At that time, I was preparing for the matching and blessing, but I and my parents, we had, I think we had a different like plan already. We were about to approach a different family at that time. So it took a while, and we kind of went like ahead with our plan until there was a time when I decided to that approach didn't work out in the beginning. And then there was a time of, I think, half a year when I decided to take a break from trying to to find someone for the blessing. About half a year and um, during the time, I told my parents, I don't want to start anything. If anything asks, I'm not available until I feel ready again. And I just really wanted to dedicate that time. I was doing sessions and coaching and like a type of therapy. And I really just wanted to work on myself and develop myself and I think my emotional world and who I was and my sexual integrity. And I knew that, okay, after that time, I'm going to start again. And during that time is when Karen's request came to her matching supporter. Mm. And I got to know about it, but that was kind of our response that I'm still kind of in a Process of like growing and healing and yeah. maybe later.
0: Yeah. They call that playing it cool. Maybe later. <laughs> maybe. A little, little later if I have time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> playing hard to get. Yeah. I guess so. It was it was interesting because it did make me happy to hear that the request was there because it felt like, oh, so she must have had a similar experience when we met in New Jersey. Yeah. And then we didn't do anything with it before. <clears> A few more months until later when I felt ready again to start with the matching, and I had to make a decision. I think, and I had of approaching someone else or her matching supporter messaged me again after those six months. And he invited me to a workshop. He was like, you don't know me, but I know you. And I want to invite <laughs> you to this workshop. <laughs> you gotta, that too. It's like
0: an aggressive uh, agent. That's good. I like that.
1: Yeah. So that time I was like, no, I cannot come. I'm still in uni. But I thought about it and just brought back this memory of really having this deeper feeling when I met her first. And at this experience, I was kind of preparing in prayer to make a decision and move forward with the matching. And that really like... Rare prayer when usually I speak a lot, but in, at that time, I was just really silent. Nature was around me and really silent. And this feeling kind of grew really big in me. And it was, don't go with this first approach, which was a different person. And the feeling grew really strong. This is not a coincidence that Karen kind of is coming like back into your life. and And her aggressive matching supporter (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then when I started to move forward again I asked my parents okay I think I'm ready again and how about we ask Karen's family again yeah I think they're still looking and this is kind of how we started talking again.
0: I know Aunt Marjorie is really an advocate for if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And God's going to, there's something going to, you know, like mountains will be moved. Things will happen. But it's a good lesson for people who are stressed out about timing, right? Who are stressed out about, but it has to happen now. And like you have your time and you have your desires, but there's something bigger at play. There's many other factors involved, right? So it wasn't good timing, but you guys found a rhythm eventually, which is really cool. It's just really comforting, right? Because I just, I know that feeling where like, I'm getting older. I got, you know, like, let's go, let's go, let's go. But if it's meant to be, you know, things will come into play. If you're open to playing the long game and the God game, but if you force things, yeah, things can be kind of clunky. So that's really cool. It's really cool, and you gotta you gotta give this uh, matching supporter some some I don't know some compensation. <laughs> or something. Oh, like, sounds like a, you know agents get ten percent, so maybe you can name yeah. your first child after them because yeah, it sounds like, <laughs> something like that. That's, so that's wonderful. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> this is not life advice. Disclaimer. So then, you know, one thing that I really wanted to get into a lot was. This idea that while you were preparing to meet your eventual eternal love, you had been writing letters to this nameless, faceless, eventual person, right? You were writing, I don't know, love letters or were they just practical letters? (laughs) Like, hey, you didn't take out your shoes today or what was this process? What compelled you to start writing these letters? Did you hear about it from somewhere? Did you invent it? And like, how often was it? And like, what was the feeling behind it?
1: Yeah, for me, I I had a friend here in Germany who did that really regularly. And she started like a lot already, like many years ago. And she was kind of journaling and writing letters to her future spouse. And at that time, we were like kind of making fun of it sometimes, like, oh, writing letters to your future spouse. And it didn't resonate so much, I think, at that time. And then, but the thing came back to me. I heard um, Roberts and Karina's podcast, and Karina shared about how she had written letters to her future spouse um, monthly for couple of years and so that kind of yeah just came back to me the idea and i think you you actually andrew you gave me the the final push i think in a chat once you gave me the the recommendation oh why don't you try out writing letters to your future spouse and um, i think that was the final kind of motivation i thought about it before but never really kind of went ahead and like committing to it but then i started and i just felt like yeah the idea of writing to my future spouse even though i didn't know who it was or yeah just who that person was, but already trying to love that person by writing letters and including her in my life and what's happening and kind of making her part of my journey as I was preparing and preparing for marriage and growing like on the way. I think that was kind of the key motivation in the beginning To Yeah, I want to prioritize this relationship, even though it's still conceptual and still vague, it's still what's important to me. And I want this to be the most important thing to me and the most important relationship in my life. So I think I just wanted it was one of the things I did to prepare and to invest and to make an effort to prepare for the blessing. And it was something that I could where I could say, okay, I'm writing these letters and my goal is really to I had this book and I wanted to fill this book and give it to my future spouse on the blessing day. So how how
0: often did you how often did you write these things?
1: I started writing them bi weekly. I started bi weekly just writing about, yeah, what was going on, how I was preparing for the blessing, for the matching. I was working on recovering my sexual integrity as well, working on that. If I was making progress, if I had setbacks as well, I wrote about that. And then I think sometimes it didn't really stick to the two weeks. Sometimes it became a monthly thing. At other times, I made it a weekly thing to write weekly.
0: And were you doing it as a discipline because you felt like you had to, or was it cathartic and it actually? helped you to realign yourself with who you wanted to be?
1: Yeah, I think the letter, like I really wanted to do it as well as kind of uh, checking in with myself and checking in with my future spouse and the letter, okay, this is how I'm doing and this is what I could do better or this is what I want to do more. That was a mix of different letters. Some letters were, I think, just straight up love letters and I was <laughs> writing a love letter to my future spouse. Some were more of a reflection and at one point I added Dear Future Wife, and Dear God as well to make it a little bit more... I didn't know who my future spouse was. I didn't want any face, I think, to appear while writing the letters. So I put Dear God as well in the beginning of the letters to have a bit more direction, I think, while writing the letters. Yeah, I used kind of like I used tried to use that time, writing the letters as recentering myself on where am I at right now in my preparation for the blessing and how far like what has happened since the last letter like what would i tell my what would i tell my significant other right now about what has happened so far yeah. and really being honest with myself about where i'm at
0: it's really cool and this is kind of conceptual but i think it's kind of important did you feel like you were building a bond with something like you were building an actual relationship with something <laughs> like in your mm-hmm. mind or in your heart? Was there, or did it feel like you were sending a message out into this like vast expanse of nothingness, right? You know, like when you have a prayer, there's like a prayer where you're just sending something out and it feels like you don't know if it's received. And then there's other prayers where you like, God's right there, right in your heart. So like, was this kind of intimate, kind of like you a continual investment in something that Kind of half exists because you can feel it but you can't see it, like it's intangible. Or was it just kind of like not really there? You know, mm. <laughs> do you know, do yeah, know what I'm yeah. saying?
1: It's <laughs> a hard I question so. to ask because I don't. I don't. <laughs> yeah. For me, I think while I was so-and-so, I think sometimes it was a little bit hard to write the letters because I mean, nothing new had come up or I I felt like, okay, who am I really going to give those letters to my future spouse when when I meet her or am I going to continue? But I think many times when I wrote the letters, it did feel intimate. And I think that's how I wanted it to be, like really writing an honest, like a sincere letter to my future spouse about how I was doing and trying to be really open and really vulnerable while writing the letters. So I think that did feel intimate. And it was kind of a practice of okay, what am I going to write down right now? Am I going to write just a love letter and am I just going to write, well, oh, this is kind of what I did these days, how my routines were, or am I going to write for example, with sexual integrity, I remember there were points when I said like, Oh, should I write about if I had like a setback now? Should I write about my experiences? Maybe I don't want to burden like someone I don't want to maybe this is going to be embarrassing in the future if she reads those things but I think whenever I wrote the letters I decided to but I want to be able like in this relationship I want to be able to just share all of who I am and let myself fully be seen for who I am and that includes my journey and how I grew and developed and so often I just wrote I think I wrote that down as well that I really just wanted to be really really honest and sincere in my letters and real so I think that challenged me as well to when I wrote the letters okay where where am I really at? And what's really at the core of what I'm doing right now? You so yeah, because, you know, it's, it's a conceptual thing. But I think on, I don't know what kind of level, but it already did. It was investment into a relationship, into the relationship. I didn't know who this relationship was going to be with, but it strengthened my commitment towards that person, I think, even before yeah. meeting her, prioritizing my wife before having met her even.
0: Well, you're tapping into something really vital and foundational, but also something very kind of romantic and fantastical, which is, you know, like during the Second World War, I guess First World War, any war, the idea of writing home to your wife would keep a lot of men going when everything looked hopeless it was like the fact that you're fighting for something gives you a reason to wake up and especially if just I don't know if they would always know you you write a letter in a war and you give it to a messenger you don't know if it's going to make it but just that hope that it's going to make it is that you're connected to something and that something gives you what it gives you back is motivation it gives you a reason to live and so you're doing that but the messenger is kind of god (laughs) you know (laughs) and eventually they'll get it yeah there's something there's something very practical but also something magical about this that that's why i kind of wanted to cover this because i think it's something that's age old and probably has been practiced for thousands of years but i don't think now because we can just text they don't do stuff like this but there's something actually quite important it it seems right it did something for you and so now we want to hear from the recipient of these letters, because Karen, you said that you received, how how many letters would you say that you have right now in your possession?
2: Um, I don't know. Maybe it's like 30 or something, maybe more. They're like in a book, basically. And he okay. filled one and a half books so yeah
0: and so how did he present you with this <laughs> like was it awkward or was it was it really <laughs> heartfelt where he said hey this is something that I've invested in Oh, did it make sense right out of the gate for you or like how how did you how did he give it and how did you receive it
2: yes yeah, so I think after the blessing it was like oh let's go on a walk outside and it was like nice and you know springtime in Germany is really nice yeah and then yeah we're just walking but these books are really big like one of them is really big so I'm like what is that and he's like oh actually I wanted to give you these letters I wrote that I've been writing to my future spouse and I wanted to give it to you like it was his goal to give it to his future spouse like after the blessing yeah so it was very I was really pleasantly surprised I didn't read through them at the time but yeah, when I came back, kind of have to be in like a mental space to like receive these letters. Like I can't just flip through it like a magazine or something. I yeah. have to really like, yeah, be
0: present. So that's why I haven't read all of them yet. So you kind of packaged it all together. And then is this kind of like an heirloom? Do you see it as an heirloom? Like something that you would want your kids to see? Or is this something that's going to be like in your coffin? <laughs> like you're going to be buried with it. Is this something that, Is just really good because it ties the pre-married, pre-together Andy with you, kind of. And so now you're part of his history as well, because you know who he was before and all the work that he put into it. Or is it something that you think you would refer to in the future again?
2: Yeah, really interesting because it kind of, as you said, it kind of goes through his growth in his life for maybe like a couple of years it goes through Andy's life a little bit, it, like before we met and then after we met. So it feels like a timeline or like a, almost like an autobiography in a sense of his life and his growth and what he worked on in himself. So I think it's something that, yeah, I'll probably show to our children or yeah, just something where I read it and I really reminded it about the kind of person that he is and the kind of work that he put in to himself and yeah, it makes me really respect and really honor the person that he is now, like see his growth and kind of see his reflection.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. It's also possibly a useful tool if you ever get into a, a fight and you're like, this guy's <laughs> such a weenie. And then you look back and you're like, no, he works so hard. And maybe realign you. I don't know. There's some <laughs> maybe some very practical uses for this. Very cool. And so you said you're about halfway through them right you've read about half of them at this point
2: yeah I kind of read more of the recent ones first because they have to do with like our like he would kind of write about I think he ended up using my name near the end of it since it was towards mm-hmm. the blessing but yeah I kind of started from the end and I'm kind of going Back. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. cool.
0: like, like memento the movie. yeah and so is it do you feel closer to him you know, I, I would assume that this is an exercise in, like, probably one of the highest levels of vulnerability, because it's even hard to report when you meet a new person, you recount tales of the past, but you, you don't remember them that well in great detail, but he he was writing them as they were happening. So you got to really know that version of Andy, like, do you feel like you're a lot closer to him because you've read this, you know, this, these documents?
2: Yeah, it was really nice because, you know, I didn't, I haven't really known Andy before that, like before a year ago, like we didn't really know each other as much as we do now. And yeah, it was just a really nice way to get to know, like a little snippets of his life before meeting each other. Because at the moment I feel close, like very close to Andy, but yeah, obviously before this, I had no clue what kind of person he is, or I only hear stories from him, but like to... See it as yeah, you were saying, just written down and kind of following his life and progression. Yeah, it makes me really see more of like this. Yeah, it's not just history or it's not just stories, but it's really like a part of his life and his journey to be where he is now.
0: Yeah, it's really cool. I think it's so beautiful to when you talk. I mean, living in the high noon. That's what we you know say is the goal here, is and that's to have no shadows, no secrets, no nothing. That's the highest level of that because there's secrets, you know, like there's crimes of commission and then crimes of omission. There's also secrets of commission where you've done something and then you don't tell the person, but then there's just things that you leave out, (laughs) whether consciously or unconsciously. But this is like fully giving somebody like the deepest access to your innermost psyche and emotions. And that's really, really cool. So I'm just trying to frame this so that people can see the value. Because I think it's even worth it down the road, even now that you're married to, you know, if you ever apart or what, for whatever reason, like traveling, business, blah, 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 or even just, <laughs> I'm just riffing here. I'm just riffing. But like if, if a mm-hmm. couple's fighting to kind of say, to write down instead of like yelling at each other, to write down how you're feeling and then to kind of share that after, after everything's cooled down so you can understand where the other person's coming from instead of just in a squabble right there's actually quite a few applications where this would be handy so whether because i know like we have you know older couples in their 60s and 70s who listen to this too so it's applicable to you too also especially for people who are single it's really cool so do you have any last words or any advice that you'd like to offer in terms of like how well i guess from andy for this in particular like any difficulties that you went through like it's it sounded like you got a little bit discouraged, like what's the point of this but well, you kept on mm. doing it like for anybody to to go through this process is there any advice to get the most out of it
1: yeah i mean for me at the beginning i felt like oh i i could have started earlier but it was one thing and then i felt like okay but now it's kind of now's the time now i'm preparing and i think it's never never too late to start writing these letters that was one thing that i felt and yeah there were moments when i felt a little bit less motivated to write them or i didn't really know what to write. So that's why I think sometimes I adjusted the time. I wrote them more often at, at certain phases in my life and a little bit less often. But I always kind of came back to it and just kind of, yeah, wrote down my story and wanted to share that. And I think besides what you said about like really being honest and really writing down my story, part of it was also envisioning how I would want to speak to my future spouse and how I would want to treat her. And how I would want to share and how I would want to appreciate her and the things I wanted to be able to put into words in the relationship in the future.
0: And did that envisioning help you change your present? Like envisioning the future, how you want to talk to your spouse, did that impact how you talk to yourself or how you talk to other people in any way, shape or form?
1: (laughs) i'm not sure i think so because the way well it was a practice it was a mental practice a visualization of how i wanted to speak to her how i wanted to appreciate her and i'm sure that spilled over into my other relationships and often i would feel like okay if i'm not able to listen to this person right now how able am i going to be to listen to my spouse wholeheartedly in the future so in that sense i think that did help yeah envisioning who i really want to be and the most intimate conversation I could have in the future with my spouse and trying to practice that kind of in my daily life while listening to others or sharing or asking good questions to really show interest and appreciate. I think some letters were just appreciation letters as well and more concretely towards the end when I knew Karen more.
0: Yeah, it's really cool. Thank you. It's very similar to the North Star goal can be very practical, but it can also sound very esoteric because you're dealing in things like the future, which kind of technically don't exist, but also very much obviously do exist. But the idea is that you orient yourself in the present differently based on how you'd like to show up in the future. So the clearer you are about the future and like what type of husband you'd be, you're like, oh, if I want to be nice and kind to my eventual future spouse, then I should probably practice being nice and kind right now to my parents, to my friends and whatever. So yeah, that's really cool. I like it a lot. It's again, yeah, simultaneously, very practical and very conceptual. <laughs> but somehow that's a good marriage. So it's great. Thank you. And Karen, do you have any last words as a newly married young lady and newly blessed young lady? Is there anything that, that you can say, I guess for young guys, like, do you appreciate the fact that Andy did this? Was it worth all of this effort for you as the recipient of these letters?
2: Yeah, actually, when we first, exchange like our matching like profiles he mentioned that he was part of like a facilitator or like part of Hainan and that already kind of was like a good sign I feel like because it really shows that he's working on himself yeah and not so many people are willing to even you know own up to that kind of their reality so for me it was already like a really good being that and yeah, and just being through the letters, like his progression and his growth, and actually like working towards that, like the North Star goal, he I could see him actually making effort and like progressing. And I think that makes me really like it really builds on our trust, or I really trust him because he's so honest. And even as I speak to him now, you know, he's not afraid to share, like, I feel like anything, he can just talk about anything and feel like there's a lot of trust being built. Um because of that, vulnerability, yeah,
0: yeah, that's fantastic, yeah, I think people are catching on to that now that being associated with high noon is a plus, not a minus. It doesn't show that you're the one pervert in your community, but rather you're the one person who's willing to admit that you're not perfect. so, yeah, that's great. I'm glad that you could see that. That's an asset, the fact that he's actually open about the fact that he's working on himself. Very cool. so yeah, thank you guys. I think we got the gist of this. I think it's a very practical thing that all of us can be doing. I should in some way, shape, or form. So I to use letters, but you know, you can get a recorder and just record voice messages or just, you know, record them on your phone, and then save the files on your computer. There's a lot of different things that you can do. And I like Karen that you're not just buffet style ingesting all the letters at once, but you're kind of <laughs> spacing them out, right? That adds a lot of value. And so yeah, I think it's great. I'm really excited to see you guys together. I've never seen this before, other than on Facebook and pictures. And I'm really happy to see the future that you guys build together. And it's predicated on a wonderful foundation of you guys working on yourselves and each other. So thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you, Andrew.
0: Hello everybody, Andrew Love here. And I just wanted to add one more point. High Noon is a nonprofit organization and we are run by donations. And although we've been doing okay, thanks to the massive generosity of our founders, the Wolfenburgers, we want to expand higher, 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 higher. We want to make a global impact. We want to reach every family. We want to change the culture. And for that to happen, we're going to need a lot of volunteers and a lot of staff. That's just the reality. It takes money to travel. It takes money to do a lot of the things we do and we want to let you be a part of this growth and so what we've created is a donors club which is a ten dollar a month club and when you join you get a t-shirt mailed to your door you can get some exclusive content and we also have some really good goodies for our tribe of people who are part of the donors club that we're gonna talk about in the coming months so I just wanted to invite you to be one of these people everybody can afford ten dollars a month It's just a matter of whether it's a priority. So if you feel High Noon has impacted you positively or your family or somebody you know, please consider donating. I don't want you to give any money unless you really, really want to. But if you do want to, I encourage you to really, really donate. So $10 a month is, I don't know, a cat a month. I don't know how to measure it. It's a giant hamburger and french fries a month that you can sacrifice in order to help this world become a more habitable, more enjoyable, more connected, more loving place. So please consider joining our donors club. It's just $10 a month. We look forward to seeing you on the inside of our secret society for donors. Have a good day, everybody.